0: Let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad, and say evermore, Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. Psalm 35, verse 27. I want to quickly comment on this image because it was painted by a very good friend of uh, one of my brothers, uh, Howard Storm. And Howard Storm wrote a well known, best selling book uh, called My Descent into Hell. Uh, that actually turned him from being a complete sold out atheist to being a powerful uh, lover of Jesus Christ and, a, and he became a pastor and spent, has spent the rest of his life uh, that. But this painting is his painting. He, he knew my brother because my brother was a painter and they, they went to school together in, in San Francisco. But anyway, what I wrote about this is how incredible God delights in us. Uh, That's sometimes unexpected. I think we sometimes feel at odds with God. But not because we have done great things for ourselves. He delights in us because we have turned away from alternative loves to loving Him and believing that He loves us, which is our righteousness. Our abiding in God's love truly delights Him.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that uh, part of... um... Our understanding of God uh, historically uh, in the church is that God sits outside of creation; He's totally self-sufficient, independent, doesn't need anything. But enters in. Even the creation itself is a is a project in love. He's creating opportunity for that which He makes to rebel against Him. He doesn't control it in that aspect. And so when we look at God, who doesn't need anything, and He delights in us. It's quite amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's out of the overflow of His abundant love and His care, and um, I, I, it just really is an incredible thing.
0: So how, how I mean, I mean, in in the world that you move around in, and you, you live in, you know, you you you're in leadership training for pastors and everything. Uh, how do we go from a world of competing loves to a world of focusing on Jesus. I mean, there has to be, what, what is it that would prevent somebody from understanding that uh, Jesus is real, that loving Jesus is a powerful part of who you should be and can be?
1: How do you? Well, I, it generally starts, um, that's a preconceived notion that people have. Right. And so you mentioned this guy who has this experience of descending to hell there's a breakthrough that happens that shocks his world. And um, once we have a, a worldview determined that we look out on the world, we interpret everything through those, that lens. It's only experiences that break into that that change it. It's, it's like the person who passionately believes that God doesn't heal, that was for another time. And, you know, and then all of a sudden they're sick and God mysteriously sends someone who prays for them and they're healed on the spot
0: that happened
1: to you. Yes. I already believed it was a reality, but for someone who doesn't believe that reality, or the person who basically says, you know, uh, the whole idea of demons and angels is archaic, you know, it's medieval uh, art that overplays an ancient worldview, uh, but then all of a sudden uh, a demon speaks through someone to you in a very clear way that can't be explained away. It's you know, from a language that that person doesn't know, Mm -hmm. and it's right there, all of a sudden you have to say, okay, what about my worldview really blocked out true understanding of what's in this universe? And so a lot of people have preconceived ideas. I don't need God. Um, You know, the psalmist early says, uh, the fool says in their heart, there is no God. And a lot of people in secular post-Christian context have set that up as their And they really need a breakthrough. And so um, the the truth of the matter is none of us get to God on our own initiative. He pursues us. And bless the Lord when the eyes of our heart are open and we actually see him.
0: One more thing on Howard Storm. And that is he was a sold out, totally committed atheist. There is no God. I mean, Psalm uh, 14 uh, says exactly. the, The fool says in his heart. He said in his heart, there is no God, and he lived it. And then he's in an emergency room in a French hospital, and he dies. And he describes all this in the book, so I'm taking it because I've read the book. I, I know the man, and he dies, and what happens to him is these entities, demons, start beckoning him and enticing him to follow them. And at the very last minute before he's trying to get away, he's trying to escape it now. He he first follows them. And then this light appears and it's Jesus. uh, I'm not even sure he said anything, but the light he is able to rip away and he's back. Yeah. And the reason I say all this is his witness is so powerful because he was such a sold out unbeliever. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing that the breakthroughs are the ones that really get you the Apostle Paul uh, he was Saul the terrorist actually martyring people uh, who would name Jesus as the Son of Man the Messiah the one they'd been expecting has this breakthrough revelation experience and becomes uh, the greatest missionary uh, in all time of spreading that and um, yeah, every once in a while, there's this kind of breakthrough. I, I don't understand why God doesn't do it more. Maybe he does it and people just choose to reject it. Right. But uh, Yeah, but it's amazing how many times people have done a complete uh, 180 based on God breaking into their life like that.